Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Three steps in temptation. Number one, the bait. All of us are tempted in many ways every day. That you're well aware that Satan knows your weaknesses. He knows mine. You know what things tempt you. Some people are tempted by pride, some by sexual things, some by money, some a million things. Too busy, too little of God. You know, all these things. Satan knows exactly where we're at. And he wants to tempt us, and he does. But you know what? Satan never tells us the outcome. And when we get to the outcome, we go, I wish I hadn't done that. The feelings of guilt and failure after having given in to temptation are some of the worst feelings to have, aren't they? Knowing you've broken faith with God and have to go through the process of repentance and forgiveness is tough to do, but thank God that He's always there ready to take you back. Pastor Mark will be reminding you of this constant battle, helping you understand that everybody deals with this in their own way. The good thing, though, is that God is always there, encouraging you to do what is right and picking you back up when you do the other thing. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, Living with a Pilgrim Mentality. Now, some people get it wrong. How you doing, Pastor Mark? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, I got studied my Bible. It's January. I read 12 chapters in Genesis yesterday. It's fantastic. And I say to them, what'd you learn? Uh, there's 12 chapters in Genesis. <laughs> That's useless. That's useless. You have to have application. We're not here for information. We're here for transformation. And that comes from meditating on the word. Number three, then I pray to God, short, and then I listen to God. God always has something to say to us. He loves us. He wants to direct us. So those are the things I do, and I do it on a routine basis. Now, let me share something with you. Here are two good ways to read the word of God with application. Here's the first one. It's called the Version Bible app. I don't know how many of you have that. It's free on an iPad. It's free on smartphones. You can do it on your computer. It was written by a gentleman still being used all over the world. He's a multimillionaire, and he just did it all for free. It's fantastic. Now, look at this. Look at the detail of this. There's 13,000 devotional plans. If you want to say, I'm looking for marriage. I'm looking for anger. I'm looking for peace. I'm looking how to get out of debt spiritually. They're all there. 13,000 plans that are biblically based. Second, look what it has. How many Bible versions on version? 
you know, NIV, New Living Translation, the Message, American Standard, there's 1,810 Bible versions. You think you got it? Now look at this next one. There's 1,255 languages in that program. Now, of course, you're going to pick Spanish or Asian, or you're going to pick English. Why why 1,255? Because Jesus wants the whole world saved. Do you understand that? So think of that brilliance there. And how many users so far to this year? 355 million users. Get online, download it, get started, have fun with it. It's going to change you because you're reading. Now, I want to give you an example of what happens. Linda and I do this all the time. We use Alexa, and we say to Alexa, Bible app, Genesis 3, and she'll read it to you. And you follow through. You have your Bible, and you just follow it. Now, see, if you're reading, that's what Linda and I do every morning. We read the passage. And have the guy speak to us. It's double. It's one by your eyes and one by your ears. And it goes to your heart. I'd like to speak like that. I like these guys that are brilliant. When you go to all these names in the Old Testament, you go. (sighs) They just say it right out like it's no big deal at all. But see, when you're listening to the word, what's happening? It's getting into into your mind. And when it gets into our mind, we think different, but then we live different. You got it. You got it. Second thing you can do. Here's a devotional. You can go to CCM, our website, and you can just find the daily devotions and have them send it to you Monday through Friday. That's people at all of our campuses that are gifted in writing a devotional. And it's going to be about the sermon, whoever's teaching on the weekend. And it will have application for you. Or you can get Billy Graham's. He still has a a website from things in the old days. You can get Charles Stanley. You can get Adrian Rogers, even though he's passed. He's got great devotions. You can have all those kind of things. They're just there. Don't do life without starting in the morning with God. It's not five hours. It's 15, 20 minutes getting direction, letting the Holy Spirit speak to you. Now, see if you can finish this. Pastor Mike, I'm really not sure about that. Good. If nothing changes, that was for you. If something changes, good. What happens at the start of a year? We usually do what? We change things. Remember all the food you ate at Christmas? I won't ask how many are on a diet. You're hurting so bad you probably couldn't lift your hand because you have no dessert now. Some of you bought all kinds of exercise machines. You're calling Craigslist in about six weeks. How much can I get for this baby? See, use your time and your money wisely. Amen? So, start it. Don't just say, nice decision, Pastor Mark. Make a change. Now, when Jesus was here, he said this. If you want to be my disciple, it's found in John 12. If you want to be my disciple, you have to follow me because my servants must be where I am. When Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, none of the disciples said, where are you going? What they were focused on, life is not just about where we are going. We know where we're going. We're going to heaven. But 
are we going with Jesus? Who are you doing life with? Remember, a key purpose of following Jesus is to spend time with him. So when I have that journaling time or the devotion with you and the Bible reading, what am I doing? I'm spending time with who? God. With Jesus. With the Holy Spirit. See, that's how we do life. We don't do it on our own. Now, some of you here are not a Christian yet on our campuses. You're doing life by yourself. It doesn't work. You have no wisdom. You were not designed to do it. So Jesus used those terms. That's why I don't use the term very often, even though it's a great term, Christian. I use the term Christ follower, that I'm actually following God. I'm going with God. I'm doing life with him every day. Because as I do life with him, I become more like him. Here's number three. Pilgrims know how to defeat sinful desires. One of the things that Peter reminds us, look at this verse. Dear friends, I warn you, notice the word, as temporary residents and foreigners, while we're here on this earth, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Peter says, look, for your spiritual health, You have to understand, as a Christian, as a Christ follower, you're in a spiritual warfare. There's a battle. Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, unbelievers don't realize that life is a spiritual battle because it really isn't from them. They're already serving Satan. They just don't know it. Now, in Galatians, watch what Paul writes. I say then, live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Peter reminds us that life is a spiritual battle. As we live, Christ followers in many ways are strangers in this world. We don't live with the standards of the world. We are not living for self. We're not living for instant gratification. And we face choices. But we have an old sinful nature that resides. When you became a Christian, your spirit was renewed. Remember, we're body, soul, and spirit. My spirit was totally 100% renewed. But I'm left with the old balmer. And that fight goes on all the time. And Satan loves to tempt us with all kinds of things. You'll see that in a moment. The bait that he uses, the way he uses and baits the hook that gets us. So understand, Peter is saying, look, you're going to have to be careful because there's desires inside of you that don't match what a Christ follower does. Look how Paul writes it as kind of an example of sinful desires. Now, I'm not just talking to four people. I'm talking to every single Christian. We have that battle inside us right now. Now look at it, Galatians 5. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, not the spirit, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild party, and other sins like these. And it just goes what? On and on and on. So here is the evil that 
is in my old sin nature, and I have to fight that all the time. And the way I fight that all the time is to obey God and defeat temptation. We all need somebody to go, don't do it. I've been there. That was stupid. Can I hear an amen? So when you get ready, sign up for a home group. There's how you defeat temptation. Amen. All right. Now, you won't find that online normally. Here we go. Three steps in temptation. Number one, the bait. All of us are tempted in many ways every day that you're well aware that Satan knows your weaknesses. He knows mine. You know what things tempt you. Some people are tempted by pride, some by sexual things, some by money, some, a million things. Too busy, too little of God. You know, all these things. Satan knows exactly where we're at. And he wants to tempt us, and he does. But you know what? Satan never tells us the outcome. And when we get to the outcome, we go, I wish I hadn't done that. Because he's a liar. There's always pleasure in sin. But it's short. And it always has all kinds of outcomes that you don't like and I don't like. So I have to be aware of Satan's deceptive devices and the price that I will pay giving in. That's the bait. On that hook for the fish, it looks really good. It's shining in the light. But you don't see the outcome. And there comes the pain. You've been there? I've been there. It's not pleasant at all. Number two, the struggle. You have a conscience given to you by God. But the conscience is useless unless it's programmed by the word of God. Well, I don't really need that. Pastor Mark, I've got my conscience as clear as can be. You're deceived. It will never match the word of God. When I read the word of God, I know what's right and what's wrong because God knows how to do life right. I don't. And the world will say, that's stupid. Do you know, as you go through that, we have to realize that I need God. You need God. He will program our conscience so that I can win the struggle. When Satan tempts us, our conscience with God will say, don't do it. But you know what the old inner battle says? Go ahead. It's okay. Nobody will know, and you'll really enjoy it. That's the battle that goes on inside of us. Don't forget to understand there's a battle in you. Just trust God's word and the conscience he's programmed in you. Dio Moody says this. I love it. I have more trouble with Dio Moody than any man I know. <laughs> don't, don't you think that's good? Don't you think that's good? Who causes the most trouble in your life? Let's just raise our hands right now. We're as stupid as can be sometimes, aren't we? Most trouble is me. And that's not my spiritual me. It's my old nature. Because of Dale Moody, one of the greatest Bible evangelists in the world. My most trouble is me. Number three, my decision. The bait, the struggle, the decision. Oh, Pastor Mike, I don't think I need to make a decision. You've already made it. Life is about decisions. The decisions we make today turn around and make me tomorrow. So in this decision, I basically have to go to the Bible. James chapter 4. Submit yourselves unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, one of the things that we forget often 
Pastor Mark, I, I understand. I have to make a decision, but I, I, I don't think I can say no all the time. I mean, wh- where does that power come from? Well, it's not going to come from me. It's not going to come from you. Look at this. Every Christ follower has the power to say no to temptation. Everyone enters sin. Where do I get that from? Look at Romans 6. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. I'm still tempted, but I'm not a slave to sin anymore. For when we died with Christ, when we became a Christ follower, let's read this. Come on now. We were set free from the what? The power of sin. I can say no to temptation. Not in my power, but with the power of the Holy Spirit in me. Now, why do I want to say no? Well, one, for my spiritual health. But two, it's not only just for me. It's for other people. You know you're an influence to unbelievers. You're an influence to believers. Look at First Peter again. We already read it, but look at it. Live such good lives among the unbelievers that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see and observe your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visit us. Look at this. People are watching. Live good lives, Peter says, and unbelievers will see that God is good. If I am not defeating temptation, I will live like the unbeliever. I will put me first, not God. I will be selfish. I'll be wasting my time. And there's no glow, there's no salt, there's no light to an unbeliever because we're exactly like them. Peter says, no, you have to live the godly life and you have to say no to that temptation. So when we do that, we're an influence. And when people are struggling, they're going to go, how do you get through life? You seem to live different. Well, I am, but I'm not better than you. But I was like you before. Here's why. And that's an open door that we have. Here's the last point this morning. Number four. Pilgrims know God's priorities and keep them. Jesus in the book of Matthew says it like this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So remember, we live here, but I'm not just storing up for here, I'm storing up for others and for a life that's going to bring purpose and meaning. Look at how Jesus ends that passage. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. As you're making plans for 2019, you should make plans for 2019. Plans are biblical. But remember, we make our plans, but God directs our steps. He can change things on us. We just have to be flexible. But you should do that. And putting God first simply means start the day with God. Or if you, if you, you, know, you can't do it in the morning, then do it in the afternoon, in the evening, on your lunch break, 
It doesn't really matter. Just try to have God doing life with him on a daily basis. Now, as we're making those plans, you want his will, you want his timing, you want his agenda, you want his plans. That's what you want. I want what you want for me. Put God first. If I put God first, he blesses us. Look at this verse from Psalm 84. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. Yes, we enjoy life. Yes, we enjoy doing things. Yes, we enjoy the blessings of God. God's a good guy. He loves to give good things to his kids. But life isn't about here. We're temporary. We're passing through. Let's send treasure to heaven. And the only thing that can go to heaven that's going to last forever is people. Invest your life for something that isn't just about you. It's about other people and ministering to them. Don't get sidetracked with the temporary things of life. Set our hearts on doing the things God wants while I'm here on the earth. Remember, life is a journey, not simply a destination. We're doing life with God. If I can have anything you remember when you leave today, we are here to do life with God. That's the only way it works. We want to be enjoying here. Do you know when you get up in the morning, his mercies are what? Brand new. I need that every day. A brand new mercy, hope, grace, forgiveness. Forget the past. Start focusing on today and on heaven as our future. I want to end with this one thing. Some of you here in 2018, you were a believer maybe that year, the year before. I don't really know. You kind of stopped following God. You walked away. You went down a wrong road. And then some of you that are here, when I read this, it isn't you. Let me read it again. Life is not just about where we are going, but who we are going with. See, you're either going with God or you're doing life by yourself, which is really you're doing life with Satan. That's the only two options. And I want to challenge you if you're not a believer. There's nothing better than starting life brand new. And how do you do that? You can't be good enough. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm a religious person. I'm a good church person. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm a giver. Thank you. But the little passage that we just read in John chapter 3, Nicodemus was an amazing religious man, Jewish, part of the leadership of the Jews. And he came to Jesus. And what did Jesus say to him? You must be born again. Your religion won't do it. You can't be good enough. And I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. If you have walked away from God and you want to start again, or if you've never really understood what it meant to have your sins forgiven, have the guarantee of going to heaven. See, you're not going to last here. There's nobody I'm talking to that's going to last here. If I had 150 years, I don't care how young you are, if I had 150 years to every person I'm talking about, in 150 years, you're either in heaven with God or hell separated from God. There's no in-between. You don't get a chance to come back. That's it. So today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Make your decisions today. That decision will last forever if you follow God and make a commitment to Him. Today, Pastor Mark taught more about your need to become more closely acquainted with how God thinks. He shared his tips for Bible reading and quiet time 
and reminded you that the quality of the time spent was more important than the amount of time you take. He talked about the importance of spending time with people who are trying to think like God thinks too. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue with his teaching, Living with a Pilgrim Mentality. He will show you examples in the Bible of other followers of God who consciously live with this pilgrim mindset. You'll be reminded of the importance of knowing what God's thoughts are about how you live your life and where it is you can find God's ideas about life. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.